Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. This is the show where we talk about the news, information, and opportunities that rugby has to offer. Y'all, this is another busy freaking week. So let's get this thing started. Intro, baby. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby... The calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right? And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural. Um, aspects. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. I'm so happy to have you guys here today. It's another great episode, another new week. Lots of stuff happening through. Of course, y'all like it's it's <laughs> from from uh, tackle height stuff again, Netflix up in the news, uh, uh, new alliances. Uh, there's just a lot happening that's going to be going on that we're about to talk about. I hope you get excited. But before we get started, I want to remind you, please, if you are, have not already done it, please follow or subscribe the show on either YouTube at Gift Time Rugby, youtube.com slash Gift Time Rugby, or follow us on any of our audio streaming platforms. We're talking about Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, Google Play, any of them. Uh, please, absolutely, because for every follow, we get to increase our reach. With every reach, we get to increase opportunity. And, of course, we want to be able to continue to have this discussion more and more. Also, if you guys can, please like the video or comment in uh, Apple. Definitely want to be able to hear from you. Um, always love Love, love the conversations that happen in the descriptions. If you haven't joined into the conversation, you're missing out. Uh, we've got great insights that keep me on task and as well make sure that uh, we just are able to have the back and forth. Uh, I, I genuinely love it. Genuinely, genuinely love it. From the Facebook page on Instagram, uh, Facebook at Gift Time Rugby, Instagram at Rugby Swag Show. Uh, on on YouTube, as I said before, youtube.com slash rugby. Great conversations, man. At TikTok, of course, even just as well. Great conversations in, in these as well. So many questions, and, you know, we got hot topics going all the way around. So please, I ask, please continue to do that. Thank you all so much for doing it so far, and uh, let's get started with our first stories of the day. Kicking it right off, I want to jump into uh, a story that we talked about last week. Uh, of course, every story gets some bit of an update, and for me, it was a little bit of a correction, and then there was a little bit of an update that goes to it as well. Uh, and so that story is on the story about the tackle height. Now, last week, I said, hey, I, I wasn't sure about how I felt about the tackle height. I, I kind of thought I saw it from both ways and player welfare. And I had known that it was supposed to impact every uh, the layers of the game, especially from a global standpoint. But I think I 
had made much more of a mention as if it was going to affect the pro and international game. And the reality is it's affecting the community game. Thank you uh, for the corrections in the comments on that one. And uh, But this was one that they updated this story as well because after we had dropped that story, there was a conversation about the fact that the RFU had gone ahead and ratified the um, ruling with 278 clubs, allegedly. And... It just, just more fire caught on from there. Well, recently, it looks like <laughs> the RFU was like, hey, yo, uh, uh, maybe we, we didn't look at this the right way because they hit us with an apology saying, hey, we didn't realize it was going to be so contentious like that. Like, who was the 278 clubs that you talked to if you didn't realize it was going to be contentious? Because now not only is there the lowering of the, the height among rugby football union within England and there was a lowering of the height now within France and then New Zealand and so to and all of them have kind of a, a different take on what it is to be a lowered height so it, it's now creating a confusion that it, it just wasn't even necessary and again to the point they're trying to do for player welfare but you're talking about player welfare at a level where you can only protect so much. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy that they did kind of double back and say like, okay, we're going we're gonna to look at this a little bit again because being it focused on the community game, which is club rugby, high, it's just schools, high school, and whatnot, universities, college rugby, like that is such a fickle area. And I said it last week, like if they were going to implement it, the refs needed to be very flexible on how they enforce it. But now understanding more about what was going on and how much uh, inconsistencies there is with the ruling versus its benefit. Like, I feel like this is an example of someone who greatly outthinks the room. You're setting yourself up for way more injuries. Like, you know, I spoke about the way that I tackle, and even to an extent... uh, uh, you know, I can uh, expound on it more, which was I love tackling from the the bottom of the chest to the stomach because of the fact that my intent has always been to wrap the arms and then make sure to prevent the pass. This would have greatly, this would greatly, because I still play, this would greatly hinder my ability to be able to tackle. And then on top of that, even in the era of trying to make sure that we're doing form tackles correctly, a form tackle does not inherently mean going at the waist. In fact, that level of lateral movement often can be uh, a detractor and force your direction more downward so that now your head is at greater risk of the knee, of the thigh, of the hips, which was spoken about by um, by the player uh, uh, Johnny Sexton uh, in this article. And it's this is just messy. This is just messy for no reason. Like, I'm not a, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think everything can be improved. But instead of them saying, we're going to rule to make sure that the head is not being led with first. Or to improve the idea of what is a wrap tackle. Like, actually making sure that the arms are around and there's actually connection. Um, Making sure that there is... uh, uh, you know, uh, proper 
uh, proper positioning in terms of maintaining your balance whenever you're making your tackle so you're not falling forward into a tackle necessarily. Like, those are things that would make sense to protect player welfare, prevent concussions, or at least lower the level of concussions, and, and create at least an environment that's safe. But to try and just simply go waste, I mean, it, my, my, my lean went just more onto the other side now of just like, this is stupid. And then, like I said, France and New Zealand are trying to make the shifts as well, too, and... I don't think everybody is on the same page, and it doesn't look like everybody's on the same page. And that is a dangerous thing. This sport is too violent to be inconsistent across the board, and also without actually doing the test. Apparently, the data has not exactly, that they're saying is not exactly moved uh, um, one for one in the favor of what they're saying. So, like, this is the kind of stuff that you start to create greater confusion, and it makes people recess away from playing the game because you're you're putting too many rules and implementations into it that don't don't make any sense so uh basically this is me going rfu world rugby yo chill out like like chill out there's there's not even france new zealand chill out unless there is a consortium that is on a stream that is open to the public and i i know i've said last week i do not care that much about public opinion on most things. This is something that greatly needed because I don't know if this is a problem that people had, except for this is a protection. And I was not wrong last week when I was saying this is a protection. I was just wrong whenever it came to the idea of the players union. This, the players union has nothing to do with it because it's not going to be one for amateurism. This is, this is you thinking way further than what the actual issue is. Yo, rap, hold. Head up. Make sure shoulders are in the proper position. It doesn't stop concussions, but it can reduce maybe where they come from, and that's that's something that at least is a little bit more co- controllable and quantifiable. We'll see how this story continues to update because it doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon, and I'm looking forward to talking to it more. <laughs> the next story of the day is... Netflix and the Six Nations. <laughs> you know, we talked about this story last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was a really big, momentous news that Netflix was going to do a documentary about the Six Nations, similar to Drive to Survive by F1, Breakpoint by with Tennis, uh, and and there was so much that's getting ready. Well, it's almost February fourth. Six Nations is about to start. And there has still not been an agreement made between the producers and the Six Nations people on how much coverage and uh, access that this documentary is going to have. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Look, I, I completely understand the concept of getting things done in the, in the last minute, uh, in the final hour, you know, at, at, at the breaking, at the absolute breaking point. But this is ridiculous. And a lot of this seems to be coming from uh, the worries and concerns by the Six Nations teams. Like, I get it. You know, I I get it from a coach's standpoint. You're worrying about distraction or secrets coming out. But let's be honest, all right? Rugby is not a complex game. On average, you're going to be running relatively the same. This is contact sports. This is sports in general. 
you're going to be running relatively about the same number, especially if you've been doing it for a, a set amount of years, amount of plays and actions. Now, the access doesn't have to come into factor of you hearing exactly how, what the call positions are or line-out calls or, or what the backs are trying to say or the code naming. But if you're not showing everything, and rugby is one place where it needs to absolutely whore itself out to get the absolute publicity it needs. It, its level of secrecy does not need to exist. Like, it doesn't. It requires absolute transparency or, or near absolute transparency. But if you're so worried about your competitive edge as if this is getting sent out at the end of each week. No, this is getting filmed all at once and then it's going to get uh, uh, the term released next year. I get you on editing control and here's the thing. It, it doesn't work. Whenever you're building a product that basically is a giant marketing system for you, you, you don't need to have full editing control. Now, mind you, I do think that coaches and players should be able to have the right to suggest that certain things don't get put into it, um, maybe for, for legal reasons, maybe uh, there's, there's issues that might uh, create a layer, a level of conflict that doesn't necessarily add to the story that will be put together for for this documentary but outside of those being suggestions and that's creating the relationship with the producers and the editors yo give them the damn access like give them the access don't worry about your plays yo the camera crew needs to know that they have to stay out of the way that's part of the agreement so they don't distract the players obviously you want to pull players out and have small interviews around the way but this should be done by now like, there should not be a hesitation. If you're afraid of what's going on, you're going in the right direction. Lean into it. It means you're doing something that's new and uncomfortable. Like, and that's what needs to be done because rugby has a problem with trying to stick to the status quo. And the status quo is creating a diminishing returns. It's creating a diminishing returns. These are things that actually add to it. And the audience is going to get to know these players far better. And you're going to get to understand uh, a lot more of the the dynamics and create a better connection. I mean, does it necessarily say that we're going to the deep secret lives of each and every player in person? Absolutely not. But in relation to how they play and their day-to-day -day lives in terms of how they play and perform on this tournament, yes, give them the access. If it's stuff that's inside the locker room, give them the access. Yo, nobody needs it. But see, this is, this is why I don't, Ah, I didn't trust them. This is why I said it would be better in another location where even though there is a humbleness and respect for, like, the southern rugby sphere, I still feel like they are more open as long as you understand that this is, like, a family dynamic and you treat them like family that, and or at least respect it like family, that you're going to open up the arena uh, and they'll be transparent to you and they'll be honest. This, it's, it's, it's oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm not surprised. But I, I'm not impressed at the same time. Like, this is just an unnecessary problem to have. Uh, I know even with hard knocks, I use that as an example. One, I think, of the bigger issues that started happening with hard knocks, and it started to get a little bit of diminishing value, was the time, moment wherever uh, coaches and, and uh, GMs 
had far more editing power over what was released based off of, you know, worries about, you know, you know, how it affects the sponsors and perception issues. Like I remember uh, freaking the New York Jets coach a few years back was cussing and a whole bunch of people felt some type of way. So I guess it's what it brought. And I guess that's what they're afraid of here because uh, an example that was said was based off of uh, the Welsh coach. Oh, yes. Um, he says, I can tell you that a rugby environment, that in a rugby environment, when you talk about creating emotion, the language used isn't always appropriate. Gatlin said, this is Warren Gatlin, head coach for Wales, said at last week's Six Nations launch event, especially when you're talking about nations playing each other. F that! That's what you want! That's what you want. That is exactly what you want. Yo, you've got to let it go. Yes, create the rivalries. Yo, talk that smack. And you know what is going to happen next year? And you know what's going to do? 2024 Six Nations is going to be way better. I can't wait till they do women's Six Nations women's. All right? Uh, not a TikTok version of it. Please, my God, don't, don't do a TikTok version of it. But, like, do that. For the women's as well. I want to see the smack talk. I want to see Ireland talking smack about England. You know? I want to see Italy talking smack about France. You know? I want the French to talk. I don't, I don't know how to speak the French. I, I, I'm terrible with the as accents. But you know the point I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what you want. I want the language. I want gritty. If you're not going to give me grittiness and you want to give me a clean product, F this. Don't give me the documentary. I don't want nothing to do with any of it. I don't want nothing to do. I need people to get shock value. This is what adds money. Ironically, it's what adds money. So let me know what you think on this one because it's, it, it starts to get me hot whenever it starts to be people trying to close up. I don't want introvertness in my sports industry, all right? I need there's introvert players, introvert coaches, but I don't want an introvert sport, that is a dynamic, especially in the contact sport. That's whenever you need to have the most amount of passion and fire. Come on now. Let me know what you think. I want to hear it in the comments. I want to hear it uh, 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 wherever you can write it. Send me a voice note if you need to. I, I want to know what your thoughts on this are. The HBCU Rugby Classic is right around the corner. March 31st to April 2nd at Howard University in beautiful Washington, D.C. We're bringing the best HBCUs, best high school teams out playing some of the best rugby. And, of course, it is a cultural event, so we're going to make sure to give you guys the best entertainment from step shows to music to some of the best bands that we have in the area. So, guys, I think you need to go ahead and get your tickets. Just run over to hbcurugbyclassic.com. Tickets available now starting at $25 for the weekend, $10 per day. And you guys can get a cacophony of great time and memories going through it. Uh, it definitely check us out. Stay tuned and, of course, jump onto our mailing list, hbcrugbyclassic.com slash newsletter, and get into the community so you can learn about the players, you can learn about what's going on on the day-to-day -day and what we have updating, any discounts, any prizes that are coming up, and, of course, announcements and updates. It's going to be the best. I can't say anything more about this. Morehouse, Prairie View, A&M, Howard University. Let's get it, baby. Let's go. In a bit of...
professional rugby news. Uh, there was a little bit of news that came out of Utah, uh, something now known as the Rugby Alliance. And essentially, from what it seems, is that it was a, it's a partnership between Utah uh, Warriors, the MLR franchise, and uh, Toulouse out of France uh, playing each other. So I, I guess Toulouse is coming into France. Give a lot of credit. Um, that's a it's a good partnership. It sounds like a nice little bit of competition. Uh, the Warriors kind of getting to test themselves against a high level professional team. Toulouse is one of the best in the Pro 14 slash URC uh, United Rugby Championship uh, uh, m- matches uh, leagues. And yo, I, I I enjoy it. The only thing I didn't really care for on this is that I, I still don't feel like. There's been a strong explanation. Like, the video that they put together was a great video that explained nothing. And I know they did a a talk about it afterwards. um, But, again, not everyone's going to go sit and watch the stream. I know they can say this is for their pure fans. And uh, there might be accuracy in that one. But whenever you build or intend to build a global brand, and whenever you're talking about a team like Toulouse coming in from France to come play you in – freaking Utah, you're trying to simultaneously build a global brand. Uh, outside of it being a partnership of two professional teams, I don't know I don't know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to take from this. Is it is it just to be able to know that, you know, their dynamic I mean you know, it, it's not like Utah is the previous champion and you know, we now have Toulouse, who we get to see maybe like uh, Pro 14 versus, um, you know, MLR champions or past champions uh, bash it out. There's not that. So I, I don't know exactly what the story is that they're trying to go and what they're going to sell it on. Because if it's just selling it on the game, eh. Like, again, the super diehards can make sense. I don't even know if the French side would even care that much because of the fact that I don't know if there's that much respect for I mean, I don't know. I know there's not. There's not that much respect for USA rugby or may, even more so with MLR rugby. Um but at the same time it's just like I I I, I hope they define this. Like what is what is the 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 storylines that we're getting from this? Because even culturally, it doesn't make sense. Utah, with either its its Polynesian uh, um, base, or you know, obviously a strong Mormonism versus the you know much more uh, agnostic, atheistical French side, or uh, a much more uh, diverse subset French team. Like, what's the clash? That I want to get from this, it's I I I I have not felt that, and I I feel like if more of these games are to happen, like we need to know what the storyline. Why do I care? And it, it cannot be on the reputation of the team, as far as it's concerned. As me as an American, uh, uh, let's say, there's not a story, and uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later uh, on another bit of article, but it's it's just. I, I I just am not feeling it. I just was like, great, congrats. You you they're gonna come over and play. Like, 
feels like are they going to bring their first team or is this going to be you know like another situation whenever the uh, um, barbarians came over and played against USA Rugby like it just was eh. like it wasn't a, it wasn't really a great story like it was just like okay like and then they whooped us. So I, I hope that they build up on this and, and really hype this up more because aside from the name, I, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe you guys can explain it to me. Let me know if there's something that I am absolutely missing. I have no problem on being able to uh, learn on it. But I, as far as it's concerned for me, I'm just, I'm, you know, at a, you know, uh, apathetic to it. You know, and you could say I'm not a fan of Utah, but I want to see good rugby and I want to see good storyline. But let me know. In more professional rugby news, uh, Premier Rugby Sevens uh, had a new announcement they've been teasing for a little bit, uh, basically maybe the last few days, last week or so. And uh, they announced today that, uh, or whenever you hear, they announced Tuesday. It's Tuesday, January 30. First, the next rugby team for P- Premier Rugby Sevens is going to be coming out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The new team, the Pittsburgh Steel Toes, has now been announced. <sighs> Look, I, I talked about this last week. Um, you know how I feel about PR Sevens names. And uh, what they what they mean, but I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. Like this one, this one I get. I actually don't hate this name, the Steel Toes. Why? Because it makes sense to the freaking culture of the freaking town, man. That is a steel or former steel town. You got Pittsburgh Steelers. You got well, Pittsburgh Pirates, but you really got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like the Steel Toes. It's, it's a crazy name, but it, it, I feel intimidation out of it. This isn't, this isn't the Golden State Retrievers, like, oh, God, or the Loonies, you know, or the Woodbacks. I don't know if the Woodbacks is one. I, I forgot the names because I always do. But, like, Pittsburgh Steel Toes, that, that's legit. It works with the culture. It sounds like something like, I can crush you with these steel toes. Like, I feel like you're about to go put a pounding on somebody with it. And, yo, I, I love the fact that they're continuing to expand and, and build and develop. Like, it, more teams, or at least maybe up to maybe 12 teams, uh, is really good for PR7s and creates these elements franchise. Again, the business model for PR7s work in progress, but I enjoy the, what they and like what they are trying to do. Um, again, the more they stay away from these novelty ass, you know, mascot names, the better. Stick in the direction of the steel toes. Like San Jose, I don't know nothing about San Jose actually, so I can't even be like, yo, you guys should be. Uh, San Jose Bay Area or something like I, I I don't know enough about it, but like for some of these locations where they are are training out of, like do something that makes sure it connects with the community, make it make sense, make it make sense and make it feel like it's something that the people can get behind because we're in a contact sport. 
This isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. You know, it's not the uh, Washington Generals versus the uh, uh, Harlem Globetrotters. It's not uh, Savannah uh, Bananas or some mess like that. Yo, we're trying to create serious teams with fun atmospheres with intentional objectives. Just do it. It works. It works. So, Shout out to them. I have no idea who's supposed to be the owner. The article, DJ Coyle, Doug, shout out to Doug for dropping this, or at least being the first one that I saw drop it. That man goes hard. You can see the stuff on DJ Coyle. Um, but this is one where it's just like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's kick this thing off the right bloody way. You know, not headliners, the New York locals. That, oh God, I, I hate the names. But yes, kick this off the right way. I want to know your thoughts on it. Yo, what is it that you feel about the Pittsburgh Steel Toes? It's two teams that we've gotten in 2023 going into uh, the season uh, later this summer. So I, w- I want to know, am I, am I the only one that hates the names and I can appreciate the Steel Toes? Or are you guys all about this? I'm here to listen. I'm here to listen, baby. Welcome back. Yo, look. You know, there's there's moments where I I can feel a lot of uh uh passion for my rugby and there's moments where I have to concur to a sentiment. But uh sometimes those moments don't cross, sometimes they do. In this situation, it it kind of crossed. And this was a situation that happened maybe about a week ago. Hey everybody, this is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is a extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. Off to KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Phoenix! Oh, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia. Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Bill Burr uh, talked about rugby uh, this past week. And if you don't know who Bill Burr is, Bill Burr is a legendary comedian, actor. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's a top 10 top 15 comedian all time. I'm talking about within the Dave Chappelle's, the uh, 
uh, uh, Chris Rocks, the fees, uh, the uh, takeaways and stuff, the Cosby's, Bill Burr. Uh, uh, there's so many. There's bunch. It's, this isn't a podcast for con- comedians, but I, I, you know, we 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 know basically who a lot of them are, but. Bill Burr was talking about the World Cup, and he was talking about how the U.S. sucks at soccer because we don't care, but if we had our best athletes, you know, involved in soccer, we'd be dominant. I think it's a sentiment that has been pretty well talked about over and over again um, that, you know, if we got, like, the NFL guys going through, we'd absolutely do some damage, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, that argument. But he had a messenger call in. They were from London, and came in talking about rugby and talked about how USA men missed the Rugby World Cup losing to Chile and then following up by tying with Portugal. And, you know, we know the history on that. And Bill Burr, in the process of tearing into that guy, oh, my goodness, completely, completely demolished my soul when it came to, to the conversation. Check it out. Anyway, I'm a rugby fan. And I've heard this argument about what if NFL players played rugby? How good could USA be then or even NFL rejects? I don't know, Bill, if you're, you know much about American rugby, but you guys suck. Yeah, we suck at soccer too because we don't give a fuck about it. Those aren't our best athletes. This is so stupid. This is like me trashing you because you guys aren't good at baseball. Come on now. In 2031, the U.S. will host the Rugby World Cup Tournament. Where? In Wichita? Who paid for that? The best of all uh, of the best will come to your shores to play, and luckily for you guys, the host nation qualifies automatically. In eight years' time, you Yanks will finally have the opportunity to put up or shut up or be embarrassed on the international stage. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're not reading the tea leaves right. See, the reason why we suck at rugby is because that those are like, as far as level of athlete that the United States offers, like they're not even in the conversation. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, have fun, you know, Put up or shut up. I think what they meant was if NFL football players, like if Bo Jackson, the greatest athlete I ever saw, decided to play rugby, he would run you guys over. All right? I'm not saying you wouldn't have some tough guys and blah, 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 but I would put, I would put our best athletes, if they gave a f- if they were folk, what's, what you're beating, sir, is the 30th tier level athlete in the United States of America. It's not a sport we give up. What are we supposed to dominate all of them? Uh, and I also, I, I respect your passion, sir, but I got to be honest with you. When you guys trounce us and you run around America, like no one's going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. Yeah. And and look, as much as it's like rough what Bill Burr was saying, there's truth in it. There there's truth. Like we don't as a nation care. 
we don't, you know. We have our community and we have a passion for it. But I make kind of the argument sometimes, I don't know if we, I don't think we lack care. I just don't think we care sometimes enough. Or I think we've been so frustrated that it just has stopped us from being able to think further than the moment. In the comments, I mean, look, look, the U.S. has a lot of issues in a lot of areas, but one area that is very difficult for me to, to take is when people from other countries, smaller countries, countries with far less variation of population, will talk about how they are so much better in a sport and their potential was going to be better regardless of whatever was going to happen, that their potential than the U.S. All right. I'm going to stand in this moment. This is, this is where my, my level stop. This, this is my intensity. Sometimes I do feel that because we've been so beaten down as a U.S. rugby community that we're starting to allow some of the conversation from overseas to actually become true, where they can talk about how they're just good because they're good and pay attention and not because of the Beth athletes. And as a result, we don't actively try and go after them because, you know, there's so many obstacles in the way. I, I, I don't get down with that. Oh, I don't get down with that. When I read the – I mean, the Bill Burr stuff burned my soul. And that one, I mean, it invigorated me because there is one part where it's like, by 2031, I want us to be on the highest level. And by the time we get to 2033, really, let's be honest, by 2028, I want the U.S. rugby to be a fire. There should be a fire starting for U.S. rugby by 2028, whenever the Olympics are in Los Angeles, all right? But by 2031, yo, we, that kindling should be up and running. And by 2033, when the women go, yo, this should be a full-on blaze. And I think that we talk so much about all the issues that go on in USA rugby that we f- don't even try to break barriers anymore. Like, our whole thing is rebelling. You're going to let some English dude? You're going to let some English dude? Talk to you? You're gonna let some English dude talk to you about your athletes? You're gonna let a person look? No offense. Look, all y'all good people, cousins, love, blah 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 blah. But y'all can competition. I'll be damned if I'm gonna let somebody from New Zealand or from Australia or from from any other country gonna talk to the U.S. A U.S. citizen about sports? Our 300 million people? And you think out of 8 million, 16 million people, the basic size of one of our cities has more quality athletes than we do? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. And, of course, they have right now the right to be able to talk because they've been beating our butts for so long. Beating our butts. But, no, this is one of those moments where it's just like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? Oh, we don't pay like the NFL. Okay, so how do you get to that point? How do you get to, oh, man, there's this and this barrier. Oh, USA Rugby's broke. Oh, we need to do youth rugby. Then go do it. Find the money. Oh, my God. Like, it. this got me hyped angry. 
hyped angry. I, I, this is my competitive. If look, if you can't play on the field, yo, play off. Like play off the field. Like if if you don't know how to get your your audience invigorated, I don't care how many sports are here. F them sports, yo. Once again, we got pickleball that's trying to pop up. People trying to be like, oh, is this a spectator sport? They got a million dollar uh, uh, prize pool for their competition coming up. You're gonna tell me that pickleball? Pickleball can get better attention than rugby? Man, you've got to get out of here with that. I love the fact that there is a very few amount of people who are trying to – not that there's not people who are not trying to work in rugby. There's a difference between working. There's plenty of passionate people in the U.S. who actively are working. But I'm not talking about working. This is not something that's just a work. This is that few base that is required to create fires for it, like – I mean, we are disruptors. Rugby has to be a disruptor. Or else it just proves the point of what Bill Burr says. Like, nobody cares. Whenever the Rugby World Cup comes, nobody cares. Whenever all these people are going to be talking about, oh, the U.S. didn't deserve the Rugby World Cup, they're going to be proven right. And for me, for me, oh, I will find a way single-handedly if I can to try and make sure that that is not going to be happening. All right? The storyline will be up popping, even if you got to create something to get it up popping. Because that is un that is impossible to be able to deal with for me impossible <laughs> the usa has a lot of problems and we got a lot political uh, uh ecological uh, uh educational financial I, I don't care everybody got problems all right Ain't, there's not a single perfect country in the world there's not not, everybody's got a problem in some way, shape, or form. This is the equivalent. Yeah, I was always almost about to go into another side tam rant, but it, everybody's got a problem. But to say that we don't have either the time, the resources, uh, 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 the the access. Oh man, I'm learning every day, every day. That's not true. It's a factor of who are you presenting it to. Like, how much effort is it going to be? Who who wants to dedicate to this fire? I mean, really dedicate to bring the fire. Again, it's not for everybody. I'm not saying that everybody who's doing it or working on it does not try. And I, we know that people don't do volunteering well. Like, we're asking so much from people. But my goodness, yo, I, 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 we, we need this fire. And, I, I, look, I know a few people who, who are bringing that fire well, from the HBCU side, from the media side, conference side, community side. I know people who want to bring that fire and trying to, but you know, it's it's putting all these skill sets together. And yo, like this is this isn't a what can we define the problem? Uh, what can we define as the problem? It, it doesn't matter what the problem is. It, all that matters is the solution, and it doesn't even matter what the solution. All that matters is the execution of doing that, and. I just I continue reading these. I read these comments from other people just to be able to make sure I don't ever forget why I'm doing what I'm doing because beating some other countries' butts is ah oh, feeds my soul. And I'm talking about tier one quote quote countries like South Africa, France, England, New Zealand, uh, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji uh, in their respective formats, but. They don't talk as much, but really, England, obviously, top Ireland. I don't like. I want these systems demolished, and so 
to do whatever is necessary to bring the right people into the front and get whatever resources is down by bringing whatever people need to be able to see this. Oh, we're going to get this done. Oh, we're going to get this done because there I, I, I can't I can't in my lifetime be able to sit and live another day of, of having to hear this kind of smack talk. I, I can eat it with soccer. I, I don't give a crap about soccer. I'm beyond. honest. I mean, we're doing our stuff in yada, yada, MLS, yada, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I, I don't give a crap about soccer. But when it comes to rugby, when it comes to contact sports, all right, the U.S. is a contact nation. It's a contact nation, all right? Like, it's why we, 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 we do team contact. It's why football doesn't exist anywhere else. Because nobody, I mean, it does exist. I'm, that's, I'm being, you know, superfluous. But uh, it, it exists. But it's not to the level. Because not everybody wants to deal with contact. I'll be, we, we, we a contact country, all right? If we're going to have all this inter-country inter trauma, let, we got to be able to take it out on some people, all right? Uh, you know, body to body, not, not in other ways. Body to body. And so for me, Yo, I, I, we can't we can't handle it. So I, I, I'm Bill Burr said what he did. You know, unfortunately, it was to burn somebody who needed to be burned. And we ended up being the casualty of it. Uh, but I am excitedly ready to prove him wrong and then prove everybody else wrong within that same concept. And I hope that you guys are getting burned fire like that, because I can't like some of these comments like this. Like this? Even Edsbeth would use Bo Jackson as his fluffer, and Jackson would have F all to say about it. I, I can't. I can't do this. Nah, bro. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. This is not, this is not David and Goliath that's happening. This is uh, the freaking uh, uh, Cartman and, like, literally everybody else. All, all these other countries are Cartman to me, and all we need to do is just, like, bop, back in the mouth, but we got to actually do what's needed to be done for that, all right? And that's not... In just putting systems, but I mean in the mentality. <gasps> that just got me heated. Let me know what you guys think, man. Let's get to commercial. <laughs> Before I let you guys get back to it, I want you guys to go check out RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, this is the place where we are bringing in casual rugby wear. We're trying to set up the designs, make sure that we are giving you something to represent rugby. That's not just a jersey, and that's not just your kit. It is something that you and your friends and your mama and your kids and your parents and your best friend and your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and girlfriend and your they and just make sure that everybody is able to rock some rugby gear without having to necessarily be stuck to any one type of rugby gear. We want it for your day-to-day, -day, everyday life. I know that's redundant, but that's how beautiful we want it to be. You know, definitely check out our most recent update, our rugby swag show shirts. Uh, they're available now for purchase. You guys can get it. And for any first-time buyers, I'm talking to you. Yo, I'm giving you guys... 20% off the first purchase. Take as many as you want, 20% off the first purchase. And of course, if you guys get on the newsletter, you guys are going to see more coupons and discounts that come along with that as well too. But 20% off, and all you guys need to use is coupon code GROWRUGBY. That is G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. Great quality gear. Definitely something for your presence, something to be able to give. Obviously, we just got past the year, so that means birthdays are coming out. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and you have so much more. Go hook your family. Hook your people up with what's right. Hook your people up with what's right.
go to rugbyoutletmall.com and enjoy out. And of course, it helps support the show and our media endeavors. Let's get you back. Yo, welcome back. Uh, this past weekend, Sydney Sevens happened uh, for the U.S. and everybody. Um, look, it was wasn't great for the men, and man, the women continued to bop. Let, let's let's be honest, men. Uh, they ended up at 11th in Sydney Sevens. Less than stellar performance. David Stills got injured. Um, I mean, look, you know, it, it happens. I think it's hard going back to back, jumping from New Zealand over to Australia to travel over. Sometimes it's just that's where the jib cuts. The U.S. men are technically at this point seventh in seventh place overall in the HSBC. Uh, HSBC uh, rankings. Women, yo, continuing to actually kill it. Um, they fell. They were at third place this year. Uh, 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 at th- I'm sorry. They they finished in third place at Sydney Seventh. They are currently, technically, they're third place in the HSBC uh, overall rankings. But they're technically tied for points with Australia. So I'm saying they're tied for second. All right. 66 and 66. They're tied for second. All right. So kudos New Zealand, obviously, to runaway number one. I mean, there's not much to add on to it. It was just, it was good. It's good to see them. Good to see the consistency. Uh, like I said, the women are really, really vying for that top three spot for the Olympics. But really, I think they're really going to be aiming for that gold level. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen whenever the U.K., has to all come together, and Wales adds back in to, uh, with England and Scotland because, you know, that was also really a game-changer for U- UK women in the 2020-2021 Olympics. But I, I you know, I, I, I only wanted to mention it because, you know, I talked about Hamilton 7s last time. Next up, we got... You know, LA seven, so home round February twenty fifth. We got a full year build up. You know, give these cats a lot of rest, um, and yo, I, it's, it's gonna be good. I, I, I don't. I, I just wanted to mention it. I just went. I don't have a really deep analysis on it. It's just. It's kind of, yo. Everybody's killing. Nia Tapper's been great at 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 the homie. Nia Tapper's been great at captain. Uh, what what's there to say? What's there to say? They just continue improving, continue improving. Even in the losses, you see the improvement. You know, everybody's just bouncing back and forth. As long as the women stay in the top four, automatic bid for the Olympics. I hope the men uh, really take it up for LA7s and then Vancouver. These are basically hometown stuff. Take advantage. Like, let's burn it up and then, you know, close it all out with Singapore and, um, yeah, with Singapore and them. That's going to be good as the year goes on. Also, uh, kind of continuing, uh, shout out to Navy women. Uh, they are now officially an NCAA team. I think makes it about 28 uh, NCAA programs. Big accomplishment. They've been independent for most of this time. But now being able to be a NCAA program, they get some of the benefits of that. And, hey, look, you know, before it was worried about how they're going to deal with you know, image likeness, but hey, they get NIL now. Not that they couldn't before, not that they might even get it now, but at least it's available to them. But it's a big deal continuing to build up that that base and, and make sure that there is a strength in the NCAA level so that there's a credit, there's the finan- the budgetary uh, addition, uh, access to 
uh, equipments and and consultation that doesn't naturally come uh, whenever you're at a club level or such. So you know, big congratulations to to them with with all that. That's that's legitimately awesome. That's legitimately awesome. So as always, oh, I got some beautiful rugby marketing tips for you. Of course, you know. The reason I always do this is just because I want to make sure that we have ideas uh, and that we're looking past our own um, obstacles. Almost sometimes I know whenever we're trying to work and and, and create and and do things to develop for rugby, we can get kind of caught up in 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 overthinking and and. Or feeling like we just don't have the resources or the capabilities or the knowledge to do it. And, you know, like I said, it's something that I have learned. And I know for me, if I wanted to, I want to be the person that I wish I had whenever, as I was continuing to do this and build up. So, uh, you know, I hope that, that you guys take it in, of course. If anything, absolutely sign up a consultation with me. Maybe we can work on some execution tactics. And, uh, you know, I always love being able to help where it can be. And then, you know, let's see what we can build. Because, as you know, I have a fire to want to make sure that we are kicking some serious butt when it comes down to the nitty-gritty. I I don't want it in 30 years again to be like, well, I'm 66 years old and uh, we're still hoping to build the youth. No, no, we're doing it today. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. We're we going to be ready. We're doing it now. I ain't playing no games. I ain't playing no games with people. <laughs> but today's rugby marketing tips is what you absolutely need whenever you are doing your rugby marketing. What do you absolutely need? This is for your event. This is for your organization. This is for your club. This is for you as an individual um, and really trying to make sure you're connecting over with these, you know, businesses and companies like this is this is who you really need to be able to get after. But you have to make sure you have these to be able to push this stuff out and and find your audience. So the first thing that I say that you need for your rugby marketing is you need to know your objective and what that means It's not just, hey, we're trying to build a tournament where we can bring teams together and we can grow the game. That's not an objective. It's not your objective. Your objective is what is the purpose for this event? For example, uh, Midnight Sevens uh, in Atlanta. All right. The purpose is a social tournament that is utilizing uh, nighttime and actually amplifying nighttime rugby. Uh, as a unique pool for people who often play days, uh, of course, creating a, a social events scenario, but that play in the daytime, they don't get the benefit of nighttime rugby. Like, that's it. Another one, um, uh, uh, in, in uh, Nashville, um, pitch a tent. What's the purpose of pitch a tent? Pitch a tent is... Rugby camp out. It, we want to create the element of a festival format without the music and the festival being rugby. But it is a festival format for rugby. This is, it's not playing rugby outside. It's not playing rugby obscurely. Well, kind of, yes. But it is what the feeling of a festival is, like a Coachella or 
uh, 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 Nash Bash or whatever, but for rugby. Perfect. It doesn't always have to be complicated, but it has to have a purpose greater than just playing. There's something that attaches greater than just playing. We talked last week, create culture, not games. Number two is your audience. I think this is one that if you look up anything when it comes to marketing, uh, this always comes up. Who's your audience? What's your audience? Who do you talk to? Blah, blah, blah. And it's exactly what that is. Like, who are you making this competition for? Um, For example, for me, the HBCU Rugby Classic is built for uh, propagating HBCUs and creating an attachment for fans, creating something that's memorable for fans, not for players. Players get a residual memory because of the fact they're playing and playing with people who are within the HBCU environment, playing around other black people, knowing that it's an environment where people like them are getting a chance to enjoy themselves, black and brown people, uh, you know, sometimes white people that are there, but understand like that environment is that and having that comfortable environment. But the objective, uh, the audience that's for it are HBCU fans uh, uh, and fans of entertainment rugby like that's that's who i'm trying to draw in with what i'm what i try and do i want newbies coming in i want families coming in that's this is where we aim towards all right i want students coming in i want to set the seeds where that five-year-old kid is like oh man every year we went to this get it so know who it is that you're speaking to that's basically it you know, when you're creating this thing, a lot of times we create and uh, we create events that are simply for the players, and that's great. You know, um, and and it's worked for a long time, but you know, it, it does have a a scaling uh, issue because it doesn't really grow outside of that. It the people who just watch are the residual, but the fan, the the fans, the the audience is the players. I hope that we're beginning to work towards changing out of that. Uh, number three, whenever you're doing your rugby marketing, you need to know how to increase your reach. This is one that I've taken for granted. Um, a lot of times, obviously, social media has made it so much easier to reach out to people. It, it, it is obviously a massive audience or a massive ceiling of an audience that we have. And it allows us to be able to post stuff and the potential of it increasing goes. But... It's not enough. It's not enough. And in the past, I used to be very, um, I used to be very bearish against uh, collaborations with big, um, big streamers. I, I, I've said it before. I, I always used to get annoyed. Why are they putting stuff on ESPN? Why are they putting stuff on NBC? Why are they putting stuff uh, on 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 CBS? And a lot of people would go, obviously, as a reach. And again, to some extent, I, I still don't think it's super necessary. I think you need to always have your own platform and then license out stuff to other people. But you need your own platform. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But to increase your reach, especially whenever you're at the early stages, you have to be able to grab on to someone's bigger audience. So. I always love it whenever we, uh, people, we talk about movies. And I think movies are probably the best way that we, as rugby uh, administrators, players, coaches, etc., uh, should reflect a, a, a process of promoting. In movies, Marvel movies, independent movies, you have to do a press run. 
And I think a lo- we, we, again, we take it for granted what that press run actually means, which is that's something for the movie people to not just you know say just the same thing over and over again, but it's to borrow from other people's audiences. Like when you see something written on Vanity Fair or comic book uh, 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 readers or... Um, you know, or you see it on a podcast. Like those runs are legitimately significant to being able to push out the um, the name of your event or, or or action. I'm just gonna use event, but understand event means for anything that's dealing with a rugby something that needs publicity. So this is what we use to increase reach. So it is dynamically important that not only are we continuing to talk to the people within our community, so all the podcasts, all the uh, YouTube video shows, uh, the influencers of, of rugby, we need to make sure that we're trying to talk on those. Uh, and you'll see me. I, I, this is something that I'm doing right now. Uh, but we also need to step outside that range and also be able to talk on those platforms. So I, I've seen a lot of people go on their morning local morning TV shows, which are great. Get more charming. It's early in the morning, but bring your energy way the hell up. Way the hell up. You are promoting something that's supposed to be bringing you in another value. If you're promoting it, you got to bring all the energy with it. Leave nothing behind. But that's how you get your reach. And the second part is why I said the ESPN stuff is adding a distributor, someone who can also increase your reach as well, or at least for the short term, while you're trying to develop your platform underneath. The two sides ends up being like a cheat code. Uh, and so what you do on social media just becomes amplified as opposed to just one part struggling. But you need that base. 100% need that base for the platform. But you need to make sure that you have somewhere where you can uh, accelerate the process a lot more. Number four, what is your story? Now, this is a little bit different than the objective. The objective is... What you what is the purpose of what you're you're creating? What is the purpose of your rugby something or other? As a player, what is your purpose? Your story is how you're telling it. All right. You need to have something that's really interesting. For me, hey, look, when I came to the HBC Rugby Classic, yo, I saw uh, in twenty fifteen Morehouse College existed. I was like, yo, there's HBCU rugby. Then I found out that Prairie View A&M existed, and I was like, yo, I'm in the state that's right in between them. Yo, we need to bring these together because HBCUs are a legitimate component of American culture. And for us to create an American game of rugby, our American style of rugby, we need HBCUs to be a part of it. And so we want to be able to use this to add the dynamic of what we do on a grander scale. And you tell that. That's my story. That's, that's my story. You know, oh, my goodness. You know, we were able to bring it together and the rest is history, you know. And then, you know, we can talk about struggles and stuff like that, but that's the story. Why? How are you presenting it? What, why is this interesting? What's the storyline? I'll even use, yo, Morehouse and Prairie View A&M have the biggest rivalry between each other. The biggest rivalry. Each one has won each of the HBCU Rugby Classics. Then 2021, oh, it was kind of like a dull year because COVID kicked in. 2022, we weren't able to have it. So 2023, oh, it's getting real. All right? Somebody wants their championship back, and now there's a third contender trying to go for it from Howard, from the women's side. Hey, 
There's only been one. Yo, who's going to be able to take it in this next year? Is it going to be PVMU? Is it going to be Howard University? Is it going to be somebody else pop- popping in on that? Like, who's who's going to be the next big hero? Because, yo, this sets up the dynamic for smack talking. What legacy program is going to do it? Like, it's it's real. But we need to know how to tell our story. We got to tell because that's what gets people interested. That's what makes it impactful. I talk about this with Toulouse and the Rugby Alliance in Utah. It's great that you have two rugby programs going at each other, but why? What is the purpose for them to go at each other? I want to know. I need to know what's happening so that I can be drawn into it and I can get engaged into it. And now I have stakes inside the game. And you want to make sure that your audience has stakes inside this game. And if they don't have stakes, then they're not going to really connect. Yeah, you know, yay for the love of rugby, but eh, it's like charity. Charity only works until somebody gets tired. Nah. (laughs) And number five, last one. Be entertaining as hell. I mean, this is one part that I think is grotesquely missing from rugby. Uh, U.S. rugby, world rugby, doesn't matter. You've got to be entertaining. Not just on the field. You've got to be entertaining off the field. This goes back to the story. This goes back to a lot of components. But you've, you've got to make sure that the people are enjoying more than just what's happening on the field. They need the lead-in. Yo, you, even your lead-in has it. If you guys watch any, literally any major sport and game, there's a reason why we have commentators and we have analysts and we have all these people who talk on all these media. Whether you agree with them or not, they are the almost consistent reason why you through and you will go watch these games. When uh, the NFL season is done, we're going to be hit by the draft talk, talking draft, what's going to be happening. Do you know why we're talking about that? It's not because there's something significantly groundbreaking about people being drafted. Look at Major League Baseball. They draft and nobody really cares, but they also have their farm system, so that doesn't help anything. Even the NBA draft, people care, but not as nearly as much as the NFL. Why? Because we feel that the change of one person in that can be dynamic and additional change to what our teams can do. And why do we believe that? Because we've talked so much about how good they are. We've seen it. Now we have other people analyzing it. We see this, and we have other people analyzing it. You need to have the buildup and go into for what you're going to be doing into your, your event. Like, it needs to build up into it, and it needs to be fun. It needs to be exciting. It needs to be consistent. Okay, you want to say we don't have time? to Hey, Find the time. Nobody can do this all for you. Find it. Find it. What do you? What is it you need? If you need something, you got to ask. If you ask something, then you got to say, hey, if I, can I do this? And if it's something that you can or can't do, how do I make it happen? But that's the only way that you're able to get these things done. Be entertaining. Like, yo, this stuff is... It's just, it, it's game-changing, but it's so simple and so obvious. But if we continue to... We put these barriers on ourselves, whether it's the... the the tradition and value of rugby or whatever. But no, this is this is where we actually end up needing to go. So once again, going back on it. Number one, what's your objective? Number two, who is your audience? Number three, how are you getting out to that audience? How are you distributing it out? Number four, why? Uh, uh, how are you telling this, this story? What is the story? All right. And number, number five, be entertaining. Be entertaining enigmatic be uh uh charismatic be crazy be 
happy, be local, be angry, be something, but show an emotion that goes along with more than just being cool. Hey, it's cool. And even in the coolness, you got to be cool in the right way. If you're going to do it, that cool still has to resonate with people. Shout out Joe Burrow. It's like, that's, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So I hope you guys are able to take something from these rugby marketing tips for today. Uh, please let me know what you feel on them. If there's anything you feel to add on to it, absolutely send it up in the comments. You know, hit me up on social media. Uh, and love to hear from you. Yo, I want to talk to you about the company Green Geeks, one of our sponsors for this show. And uh, let me tell you, uh, I am a huge fan of Green Geeks. I built all my website platforms off of Green Geeks. And what is Green Geeks? It's one of the best hosting servers in the world, easily. It's eco-friendly. It's cost-effective. It is consistent and it just gives you access to everything a lot of people go to things like squarespace or wix to be able to do their hosting utilize maybe even GoDaddy hosting but all of them are always limited i've looked at the pricing of them and i don't feel like they give you the same flexibility that green geeks has actually personally given to me with Green Geeks, it uses the platform WordPress, which is a standard website development platform. And in this era where we need to absolutely not be reliant solely on social media to be able to hold our information, we know the algorithms change all the time. But it also is important that we have a destination that is our own home to go to. But even with Green Geeks, they not only help you with being able to build up the website, give you a process to get with the website. You can make as many emails as you want. You can become far more search engine optimized. Um, and you are able to create things from econ stores to just information to whatever you need to under the WordPress. And you get it almost as a WordPress premium and not just a basic WordPress plan. So you have access to thousands of templates and thousands of plugins to be able to make sure that you have the best website to be able to promote for what you need to do. And the best way that you can get for your first time, first year at $2.95 per month to have all of that. All you need to do is go to our link greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time and you will get basically 80% off your first year of hosting on the website on the server if you have not been able to create a website or the consistency or be able to develop maybe even work as other businesses whether it's an agency whether it's for uh, indust other industries just utilize Green Geeks. They'll help you. And their customer service is bar none. They've helped me so many times in issues that I've had with the website. Things that didn't go through, they helped walk me through it perfectly. And I, I have nothing to complain. Definitely check out greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time. Or hit the link in the description and start your first steps or your second steps into getting control on your own website and your own information and not being a slave to the tech companies like Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all that. Own your home. Get it today. And for the last, last thing, 
You know what this is. Welcome to Rugby Movie Reviews. All right. Today, we're going to be reviewing the movie Blood and Glory. Do you tell your colonel these are men, not animals? And I will defend it with the last drop of blood in my veins. <laughs> you've lost your country and you understand the Boer nation has been exterminated and then you will know that we've won <laughs> now how do I describe blood and glory let me tell you what happens when you take the uh, uh, you take Braveheart from Scotland you take the longest yard from the US and you take a Wild West um, Hatfield and McCoy kind of feel. Maybe not Hatfield and McCoy. But Wild West feel. And bring it into South Africa. And smash it all together. And make it about rugby. And you got blood and glory. <laughs> Yo, this movie is a 2016 South African movie that's about the... Uh, the Boer War Number Two, or also known as the South African War. This was the war between the Burrs, I said the Boers, the Burrs and the English uh, in the battle for positioning and ownership of South Africa. This was a huge one, uh, very massive. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little torn on this one. You know, sometimes you get these feelings where it's like gone with the wind in some instances, but I was like, you know what, I'm open mind with this, let me just enjoy this. And this movie, my goodness, this was dramatic. This was dramatic. Look, I'll say this. We all make fun of the English, all right, in sports. Hey, if you're a soccer fan, you're for anybody but the English. If you're a rugby fan, you're for anybody but the English. But my goodness, when they say they made the English into monsters, like these <laughs> – Britain was monsters in the eyes. And, you know, I get it. Look, one, history is uh, written by the winners. And two, whenever you were the, I guess, technically the ones being attacked, of course you're going to portray them otherwise. But the British were horrible in this. And, of course, this is led by the Burr hero, uh, Willem Markle. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Willem Markle is this big, massive guy. He's uh, apparently the Burrs were farmers. In South Africa, so bear with me. I learned a little bit of history as well because I know Afrikaners, but I basically know South Africa as apartheid and then outside of apartheid. So this was kind of interesting news. But Burrs were Dutch farmers who resided in South Africa uh, and obviously were fighting against the British who had ownership of South Africa for the longest before the Dutch uh, Burrs, Afrikaans, uh, took over and, and basically booted them out. Over the course of two wars, uh, this take the period of time that it takes place is 1901, which I think 1902 is when uh, the Burr War II uh, ended, aka South African War. This place takes place in uh, Boer, uh, 1901, uh, and Willem Markle, Markle, Willem Markle is a farmer soldier, 
Uh, he's out fighting, and apparently the British had this, like, scorched earth uh, strategy where they killed everything. I think it's something very similar to what happened in the U.S. Civil War um, with the Union over, over the South. And they would go and just basically destroy everything. And Willem Markle's family got, um, cap- got captured. Uh, his farm completely burned down. And ultimately, his wife died. But this man tries to go and rescue his family. He has a son and his wife and goes to try and rescue him from an internment camp because, you know, this isn't an official war according to the British, so they have to, you know, move with proper address. And he goes to try and get them, escape them from the internment camp, finds out that his wife died, uh, and while he's getting shot at, a lady had been holding on to his son, and he gets his son, and he's trying to escape, and gets shot in the back, falls forward, accidentally kills his son. And it sets up the motivation for the rest of the movie from that point on. And if it had been, it had been, it was this serious most of the time. But if it had not been so much like a parody at some points in the movie, I feel like some of these emotional moments would have hit harder. But this movie feels like a parody at some times. Uh, the primary villain in this, who's Basically, the equivalent of the of of the uh, warden from the Longest Yard. If you haven't gotten to see that, I'd say check that out. Is a guy, an Australian guy named Colonel Swan Swannel. All right. So I want to also make this another emphasis. South Africans good. The burst. All right. The British are bad, but you know are like nice bad. Like they're the evil that are benevolently evil. And then the Australian is the bloodthirsty, like evil for no reason. If you can see an avatar and the colonel from the avatar, that's Colonel Swannel in the same character. Actually, I think that guy might also be Australian too. But it's basically like the same thing. Like, even how he enters in, like this dude comes in acting all nice and just stabs a dude. Like, yo, why are you this way? <laughs> What's happening? And then, like, the the people who are the... Uh, um, so, William Markle uh, gets captured, his son died, his wife's died, and they get sent to a internment camp on another island. Uh, this island is run by two English uh, people. One is named Catherine... Uh, Catherine... Sterndale, uh, and the other one is Governor Sterndale. I don't remember his name. doesn't matter. And they are the benevolent masters who are being, who want the best and want to make sure that their island is protected and, and, and people are treated well. But the bloodthirsty Colonel Swannel doesn't care about these things and will do anything to emphasize his point. And it's just, this work camp is, it's like, one part feels like a military drill. Uh, one part, it's a prison camp where they're just breaking stones. Another part, they're, like, doing calisthenics and, and running and, and getting – they're starved. And, like, this – it really is the longest – like, I genuinely believe that the, the producers of this uh, took this from – a little bit from the longest yard. And so you <laughs> – so you have – 
like you, this cast of characters who are captured. Uh, obviously, Willem Markle is the the main leader. You have uh, the Irishman, who is name is Finn, who almost plays Burt Reynolds' character in the in the 2005 Longest Yard, and then I forgot who it was for the 1960s one. But basically, like the the snarky coach who happens to see some guys playing rugby uh, uh, on the tournament camp at a different camp on the island, randomly. And, <laughs> and yo, Colonel Swannell has his own rugby team of English people, and he's brought in a ringer by the name of Lieutenant Butler, who is, like, a great rugby player and really shifty. And um, you have... Another Burr, whose name is Daniel, who has played rugby against Lieutenant Butler in the past. And, but, you know, now that they're at war, it's been captured. And, and he's like, hey, I'm never going to play rugby again because I thought the British were men, but they're monsters. The reluctant person. Uh, and, and, and it goes from there. You have a guy named Spies who is a dude who can get anything. This part I didn't even really understand. I was like, aren't you in an internment camp? Like, this isn't prison. Aren't you guys at war? How are you are you bringing contraband into your internment camp? Like, he put together, like, stuff to practice as a rugby ball. Uh, this this thing, it, this is the longest yard, Braveheart. It's, it's just, it, it, it's so all over the place. Uh, on top of that, it was like, you know, uh, the initiative to be able to get them to play rugby was the life of a kid who tried to escape, which, you know, it's a good motivation. I just didn't understand why would the Burrs, uh, not the Burrs, why would Colonel Swannell agree to trying to do this action? Like, I want to play, I want to see what my rugby team does against yours until they play somebody? Other prisoners? Like, why would you agree to this? But it's agreed upon, right? Hey, more power to it. But this it this movie just it, it goes into so much typical sports movie tropes that don't make sense for the period that it's in. They even have again Catherine Sterndale, the daughter of the governor of the island, kind of she doesn't really have a point except for to be the woman who she's almost like a Karen. Like, she, her purpose is to uh, uh, try and teach hopeful words to the burst, you know, prisoners. And then she gets mad that Willem Markle doesn't care about wanting to listen to her. And then she pisses off Swannel for how, uh, for, uh, pisses off Swannel because she basically, you know, lambasts him for how he treats the soldiers, but she doesn't really actually change anything. And then in some way, shape, or form, she ends up becoming the damsel in distress. It, it made no sense. And then there was like a chemistry that started to try to get built between Will and Markle, but they didn't, and, and Catherine Sterndale, which didn't make sense. Like, eh, I mean, eh. Why? This doesn't make sense to this time period, yo. I was just like, what? Okay, let's, let's, we'll keep going with it. But 
I mean, it falls through. They play, they they get into it to play a rugby match. Um, obviously, you have the situation where the ref is cheating, uh, and players take care of it. No, not the ref, but somebody is cheating. Uh, obviously, the ref is in the favor of the guards slash British, uh, and then it's taken care of, and then they play a rugby game, and obviously, you know. You know what happened at the end of any sports movie. But this this was a quite a, a journey through. Um, when you, <laughs> I I simply have to say, like, I, I enjoy trying to reshift concepts into into period pieces. And I love the fact that, hey, if you're going to be South African, you're going to make a South African movie about a war that involves your country and your people, hey, you're going to make you guys out to be the best. Not exactly the deepest characters in the world. Not, not exactly the deepest characters. Um, you know, we, we talk about it, but, you know, it's a lot of tell, not show. And uh, there's nothing really that sets them deeply apart. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was no, it was something. It was definitely something. I, I I liked it, but it was it was predictable as heck. And I was like, I could feel like if this was like a better. No, I'm not gonna say it was like Psy. Psy is a complete hilarity altogether. But this one was. This is this is this is definitely a take on on history. I give this movie. A six out of ten. Uh, I love the fact that we basically, like I said, stole Gladiator, Braveheart, and The Longest Yard, threw them in together, made it about rugby, and and made it a movie set in an actual time period. I love the fact that they bookended with two bits of history, where in one end, the sadness of the Burr War, where uh, 48,000 people were killed by the British during that time. 20, 28,000 men and women burrs. 20, 20, 28,000 men and women burrs. 20,000 uh, Africans, uh, black, South, black Africans. And none of that really got super touched on. But we focused in on this, this gladiator, brave heart, longest yard kind of movie. Uh, and honestly, I want to see more rugby movies like this. I mean, don't get me wrong. This isn't good, but it's not bad. I want to see more rugby movies that the battle needs to be fought by playing rugby. All right? There's, we already got dance battles. We got the battle on the football field. I want to see the rugby battles. So you can find this on Amazon Prime. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoyed this review. Let me know what you think. And if you have any suggestions of movies, uh, please throw them up in the comments. Hit me up and let me know what you guys are thinking on it. Uh, I genuinely uh, enjoy doing these. I, I'm learning so much and nothing at all. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to check this out. HBCU Rugby News. Hey, we had some new sponsors. Want a big thank you to uh, Shihiato, uh, Young Glory, Old Glory, uh, Citizens Sports. Definitely check them out. A Stat. 
definitely check them out. Um, really excited about what we have coming on. It's coming closely. Uh, please, please go take a look at your tickets. Uh, over the course of this next month, we're going to be getting more uh, HBCU highlights uh, and spotlights on players and actions that are happening in HBCU rugby. So uh, on top of what we've done with the interviews, obviously kind of build into it more, maybe comprise it into something that's a little easier to understand. So uh, I want to thank you guys. Definitely check out some of our other episodes. Um, even the stuff that we talked about this year, they might be dated, but it's always some value to be able to take out from them. So thank you so much for your time. I want you to know, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that I believe, and I hope that you believe that you are truly highly favored. Until next time. Cheers.